welcome to Entrepreneur Conundrum with Virginia Purnell, where growing entrepreneurs share how they get visible online. Hi, everyone. Today, I'm talking with Carrie Heaps about how she helps others increase their speaking opportunities. As an entrepreneur of 16 years, Carrie is the president of Book Speak Repeat and the host of Book Speak Repeat podcast. She is a sought-after speaker on topics such as leveraging your publicity to close more deals, bodies don't lie, body language basics, the significance of color in wardrobe and the psychology behind it, the network games, making networking work for your business, and the fortune is in the follow-up. Carrie has interviewed celebrities such as co-host of Shark Tank, Barbara Corcoran, authors Larry Wingett, Jeffrey Hazlett, former Miss West Virginia and QVC talk show host Kim Parrish, and many more successful business entrepreneurs. Welcome, Carrie. Thank you, Virginia. It's an honor to be here with you and with your listening audience today. It will be a fun conversation, I am sure. So can you tell us a little bit like how you got into this entrepreneurial space? Yeah, so June of next year will be 17 years for me as an entrepreneur. So currently I have 16 years under my belt. I grew up in an entrepreneurial home. My father was an an electrical contractor. He was an electrician, residential, commercial, and industrial. So growing up, I grew up in an, an entrepreneurial home, which is very different from growing up with parents who work eight to five or nine to five regular jobs. You know, he was able to, whenever I was sick at school, he was the one who was able to come and pick me up. He took me to school in the morning and would pick me up in the afternoon. And if he couldn't, my brother uh, or my sister who intermittently worked for him, you know, when they were younger, would he'd send them to come and pick me up. So I got to spend my summers with him. I was kind of a tomboy growing up. So he uh, one year restored, he bought an old Chris Crap cruising cabin and he restored it over the summer. And I got to spend every day with him doing that. So most people don't have those types of memories with their parents because, again, their parents were working from eight to five or, you know, regular regular jobs. So I really feel very blessed that I was able to have that experience. But I also wanted that kind of freedom when I got older. And after I got out of school and I started working different jobs, I, I, and I've had some amazing jobs over the years. I've worked as a legal assistant, an executive assistant for you know a CEO in a construction company. I did some outside sales jobs as well that I really excelled at. I had great jobs that most people would be like, hey, this is great, the money is good, and this should be it. And I just never felt satisfied. I always felt there was something else there that I wanted to be my own boss. I wanted to make the rules. I I wanted to be in charge. So it took me really in my early 30s, late 20s, early 30s, I was like, I really want to have my own business. And I, what I did, I was at the time I was working for a staffing company doing business development and recruiting. I worked part-time in the evenings, teaching classes at John Casablanca, which I don't even know if they're still around anymore, but modeling and acting school. So I was doing that to save extra money because back then, if you wanted a website, you would have to get someone to do it for you. We didn't have Wix and HostGator and all these different cool things that you could throw a website up pretty quick. So I did that for about a year. And then I decided, I, I went in, I put in my two week notice. I worked that out. That Friday, I thought, I'm, you know, I'm free. This is great. I'm not going to have any more problems. And then that Monday morning, I woke up my same time. And I went, I remember I was here in Orlando. It was very overcast. It was during the summer. I went to my dining room window 
And I looked out and it was overcast and foggy and just dreary out. And I thought, oh gosh, what did I just do? But I will tell you that was 16 years ago and I would not trade my best day that I had in corporate for even my worst day as an entrepreneur because there, if it's the right fit, there's nothing like it, you know, if it's the right fit for you. And, and being an entrepreneur, it's not for everybody. That's true. There are some ups and downs that might affect those other people. I usually tell people, you know, and my father told me the same thing when I went out on my own. He goes, you know, this is great that you're doing this, but keep it, keep two things in mind. It's never a straight line. And he said, you will be amazed at how many people who will think you are a millionaire because you have your own business. And I was like, that's weird. Why would anybody think that? But over the years, I'm like, okay, I see what my dad was was talking about. Yeah, it's, it's amazing. And I think, honestly, Virginia, a lot of people think that they may see you like, like with him, he would take, you know, take me for the summer. And, you know, we would work, you know, he would be working on his boat, and I would be on there playing and doing all kinds of stuff and just hanging out with my dad. And they think, oh, you must have a lot of money to do that. But they didn't see all the time and effort he had to put into his business to have people trained and well staffed to run it without him being here. Because that was the other thing he said to me, you don't have a business if you have to be there. That's not a business. That's a job. Yeah. So. So are you still doing the same business you did 16 years ago when you first went out on your own? Or have you kind of changed and evolved and stuff? That's a great question. And the answer to that is yes and no. When I first went out on my own, I actually started to, I, I wanted, because I have a modeling and acting background, and I wanted to work with models, actors, pageant contestants, you know, helping them with color analysis, helping them, you know, look and feel their best and, and help build up their self-esteem, you know, still continue to teach, you know, acting classes, modeling classes, just still be involved in that industry. But as we all know, it's never a straight line. So when I first started doing this, funny story, I, prior to that, when I was working for the staffing company, I primarily did business development. So I had to go to trade shows. I had to go to expos. I was part of all these different networking events where I had to promote the company. And I had a knack for putting people, the right people together. So I would get asked all the time, hey, we're going to start a new chapter of our whatever company it was, you know, to do networking in Longwood or Oviedo or wherever, would you help? Well, there's a lot of work that goes into that. And I thought, you know, if I'm going to do that for someone else, I might as well do it for myself until my business takes off so I can make some extra money. So I started to do little networking functions. We would all meet at Borders Books, which is, you know, a bookstore, which isn't around anymore. I would charge $5 at the door to come in in the morning. We would network over coffee. That turned into lunch networking events. And then that turned into a membership that we started doing. Then I got into the meeting planning side of this where I was planning, I started doing trade shows. You know, they weren't large, about 300 people. I would be responsible for booking the speakers, getting exhibitors, spaces sold, and then just getting butts and seats for, you know, for the event. And then people started asking me, will you help us with our sales process? So it kind of took on a life of its own. The stuff that I kind of wanted to do took a, a back burner. Fast forward many years later, because I, in the beginning, I was getting asked to speak because I was working, you know, as a, not a recruiter, but working for a recruiting company. I would be asked, hey, can you come and talk to our graduating class? You know, I didn't have to go out and find speaking gigs. They were finding me. So I would go speak, collect my check, and then I would go home. And then I got away from that for several years. So probably about five years ago, you know, I started changing things. I got back into speaking. 
I got back into like all the things I wanted to do, body language, you know, color, you know, the use of color. I, you know, started incorporating that into my business more, getting back into the speaking arena. But it is, it's funny, I'm not doing the exact same thing, but it's like, I'm recycling my experiences. And I think entrepreneurs wind up doing that. We all think we're going to start out doing this one thing. The market comes and tells us, no, this is what's in demand. We start doing that. And it's a process. You know, it's never, you know, I've found very few people who started their business 10 years ago that what they were doing then, that they're still doing that now. They're at least doing a different variation of it. So the answer to that is yes and no. And it just shows too that you have to be flexible as well and move with like what you said, like with what the market knows. Exactly. Who is your ideal avatar or client? Now it's kind of, it's basically a business professional, preferably business service professional, such as a CPA, an attorney, a consultant who wants to get into speaking or writing, you know, they want to get their message out there. And there's three ways to do that. You can share it on the stage and be a speaker. You can spill it on the page and be, you know, write a book, or you can borrow someone else's microphone and engage like what we're doing here, you know, getting interviewed. So it's someone who's open to all three or at least one of those ideas uh, to either increase their current business and get more clients of their own that way, or they're trying to formulate another stream of income for themselves as well. But it's typically business service professionals who have a, a message to share or, you know, whether that's pertaining to what they're already doing or if it's a new message that they want to share, like maybe something inspirational or motivational. So how do you get in front of those people? I do it a couple of different ways, mostly primarily through speaking. I have quite a few speaking engagements lined up for next year as well. Whether they're virtual or in person doesn't matter. But what I normally do, like for example, with me, if I want to get in front of CPAs, then I either want to reach out to the CPA associations to come and speak at their local or state events. Usually those will have some type of budget to pay. It's usually not a lot, but you don't rely on that. You want the, you want the people in the audience. You want to be able to do a giveaway or to get a copy of the attendee list because those are the people, if they're your ideal client, that's who you want to market to. You use speaking as a way to warm them up so they can see you're a professional. You're a recognized industry professional because that association hired you. And you, when you have a copy of the list, when you call them, they already know you. They heard you speak. So they're taking your call. They're, they're talking with you. And, and it's a much, it speeds up that sales process quite, quite a bit. I also get interviewed quite a bit. Now, obviously, different shows, I still repurpose that content. That's so important. Anybody listening and any guest on your show should be doing the exact same thing. I feel that people make the mistake of relying on you as the host that, oh, they're going to promote the show. Yes, they will. But it's actually your job. If you're sharing such great content, you should be sharing it. Just like me, I need to be sharing that show, my episode. So what I normally do is I will repurpose it. I'll listen to it. I'll take something that I've shared and I'll align it to whatever audience I'm trying to get in front of. So for example, if I'm on a show that is talking about like maybe a law show, I'm going to align that with the attorney organizations to say, I was just featured on whatever show you can click here to listen because it does it again, it helps give you that credibility to get booked. And also I do it the same thing with clients. I was actually just featured. Here's my latest podcast episode. Click here to listen. Now, whether they do it or not is strictly up to them, but it lets them know, okay, 
she's getting interviewed. People are, you know, hiring her to speak. She obviously knows what she's doing. So it really helps build up that credibility that you have. So I do it primarily through those ways. And then of course, the old fashioned picking up the phone and smile and dial. And people don't like to do that, but it works. It really works. You like smile and dial. It's amazing like, <laughs> you can hear on the, through the phone. <laughs> it does. It seems so 80s and 90s that nobody wants to call. But honestly, if you send out 10 emails and you get a response back for one of them that says, oh, can you give me more information or can you elaborate more? Well, you don't know what they want elaboration on, number one. And number two, if you will just pick up the phone and call them and say, hey, I just got your email. Can you tell me real quick, what do you, what do you need more information on? How can I, you know, because you will find out more having a conversation, whether that's on Zoom, like what we're doing, or if it's, you know, on the telephone or, you know, again, written word and spoken word are going to always be perceived and received in two different ways. The person who meant it and the person who's taking it on the other end it could be taken and construed in different ways. And it's it's ever, you actually just wind up wasting more time doing it that way, I find. Don't be scared to talk to your person. <laughs> well, especially with speakers, I'm like, you know, you guys are speakers. You should be the most comfortable talking to anybody anywhere. I mean, even having the tin can and the string, <laughs> you should be comfortable talking on that. Because you're a speaker, you know, come on. You don't always need a stage to get your message across. You really don't. Very true. What are a couple big goals that you're hoping to achieve in the next one to two years? Good question. So one goal that I have and I'm, I'm currently working on, I have two main books in the pipeline. Uh, actually three, I take that back. There's, And I want to get them published before the first quarter of 2022. That's a big like thing. People have... I was like, most people have a big thing about one book and you're going for three. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, I was actually taught by someone else a long time ago how to get your book published very quick. And there's just there's a way to do it. And it's no must, no fuss. But you're self-publishing. You're not going through a publisher. You're self-publishing. And you can't be hung up on every single comma. And people want to hear your message. They're not if they're buying your book to redline it or correct the grammar, they're buying it for the wrong reasons anyway. So you could never help them. It's, it's the message that needs to get out. So yeah, I have a goal for three of those. I already have three that are published, but I want to add three more to that. And then two, just to be able to grow and just help more people get their message out there. You know, it would be nice to have another or add on a hundred people in the next one to two years in the program that, you know, helping them develop their message, but also to, you know, I speak myself, you know, I'm out there a lot. So I want to have a good balance. So I'm not, you know, quote unquote, like my father would say, you created a really great job for yourself, Carrie, to go more of a, of a business route, you know, where I don't have my, my presence is not required for your success. What would that, or how would that goal change your business? How would it change my life? Well, yeah, well, I think for number one, um, I'm a big proponent, you know, as far as like getting the message out there, that's what I really try to hit home with everybody. I think we all have a message to share. I don't care if it's, you know, if it's me, if it's you, if it's a plumber who's listening or a real estate agent, because everybody's always like, gosh, I don't, I don't know what I would say if I were, were a speaker. And I'm like, a really good way to rectify that is if somebody comes up to you and they find out that you're a plumber, what are the top three questions that they ask you? There's always a top three, like you, with your podcast. There's always going to be three questions people are asking you about your show, hands down. So I always tell people, just write those questions down. There's your topic right there. 
because obviously people are interested in hearing about it. So all you have to do is write up a summary, you know, a quick three to five sentences of what that topic's about. And then three to five takeaways, meaning if I heard you talk on that topic, what are five things I could walk away and implement on my own? And there's your speaking topic summary and takeaways. And that's what meeting planners want. So it's a lot easier than people think, but it's the message. So once you figure out what your message is, and again, what you're passionate about, you, you, there's got to be passion behind that. And that hopefully whoever, like if you're a plumber or you're an electrician or you're a real estate agent, that you're passionate about helping people live in a better home, you know, or buy their first home or, or have them help them find shelter because you're a real estate agent. So you need to be passionate about it. And that passion is really what's going to carry you through and, and, you know, and help other people too. Because everyone always thinks, oh, my message isn't that important. And actually it is. So that's why I, you know, for me to get my message out there and to help others, we're, it's a ripple effect. And that ripple effect is going to be helping other people. You know, the seeds of, that we planted earlier this week or the people we talked to or we helped, whether we worked with them or not, it's going to put them on a different path or a good path that they need to stay on to help make changes in other people's lives. And I'll share a quick story of what I mean by that. Part of the reason I do what I do with helping other speakers, because again, I'm a speaker myself and I do very well with that. So the reason I do that, and I'll be honest, sometimes that part of the business, it drives me crazy because, you know, I'm like, you know, guys, everything's here. You know, I've got, <laughs> I have everything outlined, you know, come on, you know, get your stuff together. But the reason I keep doing it is because there's someone who needs to hear their message. Okay. And, you know, for example, a couple of years ago, I spoke at a conference in Indiana. Something had happened where I spoke at the convention center, which is downtown. And I stayed at the hotel. I think they were sold out the night that I spoke. So I wasn't flying out till the next day. So I just changed. I went to a, I stayed at a, a hotel out at the airport. And I thought I'll just get up the next morning and fly back. No big deal. So I got out to my hotel, got something to eat, got to bed early. And I always like to take early morning flights. So the, the airport shuttle came to pick me up and they said, you know, if you mind, if you don't mind, we have another person we need to pick up. They're right down the road. It's just a short drive. And I'm like, no, it's fine. You know, so we go down to this other hotel. And for some reason, I had to get out of the vehicle. I can't remember why. I think it may have been something to do with my luggage. And this other woman they had picked up who was flying out as well. And she got in to the airport shuttle before I did. So she was sitting next to the window and I was by the door. She starts asking the driver questions about, you know, is I parked my car at the airport overnight parking lot. Is, you know, is it pretty safe there? Is it well lit? Is there a lot of security? And, and the guy was, you know, reassuring her, yes, there is. And, and I thought, she's just nervous about flying. I started a conversation with her. Hey, where are you going? And she said she was going to Knoxville. She had a job interview. And I was like, oh, that's great. You know, I start talking to her about what she's doing. Well, then she opens up and starts saying, you know, I stayed last night at the hotel, but prior to that, I've been in a women's shelter. I'm trying to get away from my husband. My husband's trying to kill, you know, he threatened to kill me and I need to get away from him. Now, what most people don't always know about me is that I am a former stalking victim. I was stalked for two years. So I kind of have a bird's eye view of what that looks like, you know, you know, of having someone trying to physically harm you and how detrimental it was. And I thought, okay, there's a reason this woman's sitting next to me. So I immediately start talking to her and I said, you know, 
everything's going to be all right. You're going to go to Knoxville. You're going to get that job. You're going to start a new life there. And I said, you're going to meet someone who's going to treat you amazing. And I said, don't worry about your husband. He's already lost control. He no longer has control over you. You have control. And I said, never forget that. And I said, I want you to promise me something. When you get to Knoxville, I want you to take, sign up, do a self-defense class or Krav Maga or kickboxing or karate. Not only is that going to empower you, but you're going to be able to defend yourself in any future situation against anyone. Now, she had to get out of, you know, they dropped her off first because her airline popped up before mine did. So I had to get out of the car, you know, because it's shuttle, because again, she was sitting by the window. And I told her, I said, I know you don't know me, but I'd really like to give you a hug. And Virginia, when I hugged her, she just collapsed in my arms, number one. And I could feel her rib cage because she, I could tell this had affected her not only mentally, but physically. And I said, go, go knock them dead. You're going to do great. Now I've often wondered, that was a couple of years ago. I still wonder to this day, I wonder how that panned out for her. In my version of it, she went there, she got that job. She's away from her, you know, she got divorced. She's, she has someone else in her life that treats her amazing, amazing. And, you know, if the, if she is ever listening, I hope that she will reach out and contact me to let me know how things turn. But I often wonder about her. But that is an example. Now, granted, she wasn't in my audience, okay? She was sitting beside me in the airport shuttle. Now, what if, what if I had said, I'm not going to go speak at that conference. They're not paying me my full fee or, you know, I'm not going to make enough money off of it. What if I wasn't there? What if I had decided to try to find another hotel downtown and she had to sit next to someone who was aggressive and mean and and just like her ex-husband, she was put in my path for a reason because she needed to hear a message that I had. And that is why I always share that story because it's powerful. And yes, it's an extreme example. But if you're, you know, again, if you're a tax CPA or if you are, you know, I don't know, a financial planner, you may be delivering content that you feel like, oh, nobody ever listens to me. Maybe they fall asleep in the audience. Maybe they do. But that one person who's on the verge of bankruptcy, maybe they're losing their business. You're sharing content with them that can turn everything around for their business or their personal life. That is the person you're there for. So embrace that. Everybody needs to hear your message. That is why I do book speak repeat. That is a really powerful message to remember. It's like, like who is that one that really needs to hear your message? Like, is it really about all of the other hundred and whatever people that are there? But like, and that could may help too, if like people have a hard time personalizing it. Like, who's that one that you're speaking to? It is. And I, you know, if you're passionate about your message, the minute you take your, you know, you, the minute you take your passion away from your message and you make it all about the money, that's when I find people run into problems, regardless of what their business is. You know, be passionate about what you're doing and the money is going to follow. It's going to come, believe me, but you have to have that passion and you have to, you know, again, we're all here for a reason. All of us, every one of us, you are providing a great opportunity for people to hear different, you know, people on their path, on their journey. And there could be one person that's listening. That's like, just, you know, feeling desperate or despair. They might be where I was 10 years ago or five years ago or whatever. And it's a crossroads or it's a financial thing. And I'm able to help them and vice versa. Do you feel like there's a roadblock that's kind of stopping you from reaching your goal of like getting your books published by the first quarter or having the other people that you've been able to help? I think the standard things that everybody faces, including myself, are two things. It's time. 
carving out the time to do it, to get it done, and then not being staying focused, not being sidetracked. And I, I'll be honest, as for 16 years, I still struggle with that. I do work with a coach, you know, a business coach to kind of help keep me focused. But sometimes things will pop up in our business that need our immediate attention. And it's hard to get your mind, you know, refocused. And then to getting your mental state refocused, because it could be something where it could have been, you know, something bad happened in the morning or something blew up. And you're, you know, you go into that fight or flight mode and then, okay, now I got to focus on writing my book and your mind is still where it was this morning. So I think time carving out time is always a big thing. And I, you know, my best advice for that, and I have to follow this too, but it's scheduling and sticking to a schedule, you know, which a lot of people don't like to hear, but, you know, having a schedule is important. And then just being, you know, I do a lot of, I, I've been doing some hypnosis as well, and they've been giving me different things I could do to kind of go into that self-hypnosis. That's helped a lot. So those are two things that I would say time and focus that, you know, have been like, I don't want to say a big culprit of keeping me through this, but usually once I get focused and I get going, nothing pulls me away from it. But again, that's why it's so important. Like what we were talking about before, like my father told me, when you're an entrepreneur, it's you need to create a business that can run without you there. So let the business run and make money so you can focus on writing your book or, or, you know, refurbishing a home or whatever it is that you're wanting to do. Because if your presence is required there every day, that's a job. And you can't do much with a job or do much during your job other than your job. So on that note, your dad's full of wisdom, but what would you say, what would you say would be the best advice that you have ever received? Best? Oh, that's a tough question. Ah, best. If I had to narrow it down to one, one thing, and there's so many different versions of this, but I would say, trust your gut. If you have a client that walks through the doors or an opportunity that comes up, if it is not a, oh, yeah, you know, if it's not a, you're all in, you're ready to jump in, if there's any kind of hesitation, it's either don't do it, you know, don't, don't move forward with it because normally our gut is there for a reason. So if there's something saying, Hey, I shouldn't take this person on, even if you need the money, because I find that's a huge mistake for entrepreneurs. Oh, I got to take this client because I need the money. That aggravation and headache that that client will cause you, you will pay for that 10 times over. So if you need $1,000, by the time they're done with you, you're $10,000 in debt mentally. That other $9,000 is mentally because it wasn't worth it. And I, it's taken me a long time to get to that point where I've been able to tell people this isn't the right fit because I can little clues and things I've ignored in the past, I don't ignore anymore. So that would be my biggest thing is trust your gut. That's such a big one. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, my mind's just going through some of my scenarios with that. <laughs> <laughs> what would you say is the best advice that you have ever given? The best advice I've ever given? Hmm, that's another tough one too. That's a good question. I would probably say, I, I go back to my message. The minute, and again, because I do work with a lot of different people who, who want to speak. Some are professional speakers, some are brand new, some are you know professionals, they've, they've been speaking, but within their industry. But it goes back to your message. The minute you take your focus off of the message and make it about anything else, if you make it about the money, if you make it about, you know, you, you want to, you want to automate everything, like you completely want to take yourself out of your business, which I never recommend, then th at that point, that's when people run into trouble. 
you know, and, and that's not just with speaking, that's with any business. The minute you take it off of what your passion is, you know, your message, what you're passionate about, who you want to help, that's when you run into trouble financially, mentally, emotionally, operationally, you will run into problems. So always keep, stay focused on your message. Stay focused on your message, no matter what. Yeah. No squirrel syndrome. No, no shiny object. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Is there anything that you would like to share with us that we haven't talked about? Gosh, I think we've covered a lot. Wow. So, I mean, you know, again, I would just say, if I had to say like one thing that I would really want people to remember from this interview is that, you know, if you're contemplating entrepreneurship, if you're in your first five years or even your first 10 years, you know, it's never a straight line. It's not, it's, it's a bumpy, but it's a fun ride. It's an interesting ride. Enjoy the journey is what I would say to people, because I look back on my entrepreneurial journey and there are things that happened like early, like my first five years of business, I was sued for, well, I, we said we didn't settle out of court. We actually, everything was dropped, but for trademark infringement, which was no fault. It was just something I kind of stumbled into. It wasn't something that was done intentionally, but I was sued for that. I had, you know, something happened where I had a whole group of people who were clients who basically left and started their own competing firm. And it kept me up at night, but it wasn't where I was supposed to be at the end of the day. So, you know, enjoy the journey, learn lessons, learn, you know, if you're encompassing, if you're facing hard times, figure out what you need to learn. There's a lesson there because if you don't, if you don't learn your lesson, it's going to repeat itself in your business. It might be five years down the road, 10 years, whatever, but it will be bigger and it will be worse. So learn lessons, enjoy the journey, enjoy the bumpy rides. I mean, that's where the, you know, the motion is and the action is, and it's easier said than done. I realize that, but always remember what goes up has to come down. You know, it's, it's always, it's never a straight line. There's never going to be anything where you have no dip in revenue or no spike in revenue. It's always going to be up and down. So be prepared for that and just, just enjoy the journey and have fun. You know, I think a lot of times as entrepreneurs, especially starting out or whatever that you have, like you always have your eye on the prize that you forget mm -hmm. about. You forget about getting there. You're so focused on the end. Yeah. So thank you. You're welcome. So Carrie, I have appreciated you being with us today and the great content and wisdom that you have shared. Where can we go to learn more about you and what? They can visit our website at bookspeakrepeat.com. And if you go to bookspeakrepeat.com forward slash professional, I have a little video about our service, more information, and then there's an informational forum people can fill out. So if they want to have a conversation with me to see if speaking is right for them, you know, regardless of where they're at in their business, I'm happy to, to have a quick chat and if they're not a good fit, I always offer free suggestions and helps and tips to kind of get them to where they need to be. Awesome. Well, thank you again so much. You're welcome. And it was such an honor being here with you today. Thank you. You're welcome. Have a great day. You as well. Thank you so much for joining us today. Be sure to subscribe and leave some love through a review. And I'll catch you on the next episode.